listening to Out of the Box with Rosie Tran. Out of the Box is sponsored by HugMeTees.com. Spread love, give a hug, HugMeTees.com. Guys, we are now on SoundCloud. Please go to SoundCloud.com slash Out of the Box podcast and click on the follow button. Our numbers have been going up and I'm very excited, but our followers are still the same. So if you are on SoundCloud, go to SoundCloud and click on follow. Also, as always, we're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And if you like us, click on subscribe and leave positive comments. We love positive comments every week, guys. We love positive comments. That's my mantra. But I do want to thank the recent people who went on and left positive comments, guys. Heart, 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 heart. But more people, if you enjoy the podcast at all. In fact, if you hate the podcast, go on and leave negative comments because the more comments, the better. If you don't care about us at all, then just do nothing. But negative or positive comments, we love them both. So that will help out the podcast and it'll make me very happy and be able to continue bringing the most awesome guests um, from my living room. Guys, I'm here today with the runner-up for America's Next Top Model New Zealand. She's a model, an actress, and um, I'm sure she has more slashes in there. Hosanna Horsfall, everyone. Hosanna! Hi! It's lovely to be here, Rosie. Oh my gosh. You were supposed to be here last week, and then you disappeared into <laughs> a thin air. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, we kind of had a transportation and uh, phone issues. But I'm a model, guys, a hot model that needs transportation help. Where are the billionaires of the world? <laughs> When you need them. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I can give out my number later on if you want to call me. Yeah, if you... Well, I don't know if anyone would answer the phone since your phone is also broken. Guys, a broke hot model! She needs help! That's Go right. on my website and, and I'll have all the information for her Twitter and Instagram and follow her. And Do, do you have a um, an Amazon wish list? I'm going to set one up. You need to get you set one up because you you need help. You need to put your iPhone on there. I need a phone. <laughs> and I need a car. And I need, I don't know, maybe somewhere to live. <laughs> Actually, a homeless, hot, <laughs> broke model, guys. <laughs> and she's a, has an accent. That's pretty sexy. And I'm free this Valentine's Day. So if you want to, you know, sweat me off my feet and provide me with all three, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so, Hosanna, you were on Top Model in New Zealand. Now, was it the first season, the very first season they had it? Yes. Yes. And what was your experience with that? Were you just like, first of all, were you a model before you signed up for the show? Because I, I, I've watched the American version and a lot of the girls, it's their wish to be a model or they've never modeled before. Did you have any experience before that? No, I didn't. I come from quite a small town, so we didn't really have those facilities. You know, if you kind of wear a skirt that's shorter than your knees, you get beaten up. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was my first time. Uh, I was supposed to go off to university, but being a lazy beach bum, I didn't <laughs> apply. And then it was too late, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get stuck in my small hometown, and then I'm going to get pregnant. And then that's every girl's like worst nightmare, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I drove six hours to the audition because I'm like, well, nothing else is happening in my life. And um, I got on the show and I was there for two months. Did you have did you even think about becoming a model? Because, you know, you have the the height, which is important for runway and and the body type. Did you ever think about it growing up or was it a dream of yours or was it just like a desperate last plea? Like, let me get out of the small town. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was more of the latter. Let me get out of the small town. Um, And then, yeah, I I guess I kind of thought about it. But when I was younger, I did a lot of sport. So I was more sporty than, I guess, makeup. What were you playing? I did. I was a competitive swimmer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I started swimming from the age of nine um, up until the age of sixteen. And like, and why did you stop? Uh, because I was training nine times a week. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was a swimmer growing up in high school, and it was awful. We would have to wake up at five a.m. and just swim laps for hours and hours. And I actually stopped swimming. Because when I was 15 or 16, there was a supposed quote unquote champion swimmer and she was underwater and I jumped into the pool and supposedly injured her back. I'm using very loose quotations and she sued or like was supposed to get a scholarship or something. I don't even remember what happened because I blocked it out. But she I think she sued the school and the pool and like all these other things. And possibly I think I was possibly banned from the swim team is what I'm telling you. Oh, my God. (laughs) But I can't remember because... So many traumatic things have happened. And I remember when I, I'm 31 and I remember when I was in my 20s, I was dating a guy that was like 32 and I would ask him things and he's like, I don't remember that. That was so long ago. I was like, that wasn't that long ago. And now that I'm like getting into my 30s, I'm like, I don't remember that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't remember high school, oh, whatever. God. I think I was banned from the swim team. 
<laughs> she sounds like a pussy. Yeah. She wasn't really a competitive swimmer because I think she ended up going to LSU afterwards on full scholarship for swimming. So she really wasn't that injured. But no. I think that it had something to do with me being bad. But it was a lot of swim. It's a lot, right? Oh, yeah. Like from the age of nine to the age of 16, I'm pretty sure I didn't grow at all because I just I was always in the pool and I was always wet. And I hated it. Like, and not in a sexy way, right? Yeah, no, not in a sexy <laughs> and way. And your hair turns green from the chlorine and yes. you're like, your skin gets bleached from the chlorine and you're like, oh, yucky. I would lick my skin and all I could taste was chlorine. And that's like <laughs> after several showers and days of not being in the pool because I was sick. <laughs> so you, you drive six hours. First of all, were your parents like, what the F? Um, no, they're like, well, I guess if she gets in, that means she won't be here for a while, which would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and what do your parents do? They're obviously not in entertainment or anything, right? No, no. So my dad is uh, works in construction. He's a project manager. And my mum is a nurse. Oh, that's so cute. You just said mum. I love it. She's from New Zealand, by the way. Mum. Mum. So you got you got in and you were did really well. You were a runner up. Yes, I did. I, um, I went. So, yeah, kind of it was kind of really trippy I went off to the audition and they were like okay in a week's time we'll let you know if you get into the show or not and so a week went by and they called me and they're like okay pack your bags you're coming down to the bottom of the North Island at the end of this week and then two months later I was in every episode so I kind of just got the call that I was maybe going to be in the show and then I just didn't leave um (laughs) you're like I'm here and I'm not leaving um what about First of all, have you had you seen the American version or other versions of Top Model? Yes, but I didn't really watch it before I went in it. I, I researched it once I found out that I was actually in the show. And I'm like, okay, I've got five days to really get my shit together. But um, <laughs> <laughs> apart from that, I didn't really do. Now, was the house catty? Because I know in the American version, sometimes they create all this fake drama on reality TV and it's not real drama. Was there a sense of drama on the show or fakeness or when you watch the show was it different than what you thought or was it pretty much a sense of community among the girls uh so the first week everyone was really well behaved because everyone was still pretty sane but after that <laughs> Did they starve you guys and stuff like that oh my god no actually this is a true story what happened is we were stuck in a house and we weren't allowed to go anywhere so we didn't have phones we didn't have radios we had a they sub- took your phones and yeah. cell phones okay. they took our cell phones they took the radio we had no television we had no phone like we had nothing. So they were making drama. No, well, we even had a security guard at the gate. So okay. basically what happened is we were prisoners at like <laughs> a mansion. Okay, at the mansion. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone started to go crazy and get real depressed and eat because we had no exercise equipment. So what they did is they were like, oh, my God, you guys are actually getting fat. And They, they told you guys Yes. <laughs> the producer was like, what has happened? This is a modeling show and you girls have all put on at least three kgs. <laughs> They're like, stop eating. First of all, they locked the models in the house and there's food and that's it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They locked us in a house and were like, mean to us and then we just basically ate and they're like oh my god you guys are getting fat so we ate more and then they brought in exercise equipment i'm like but this is a bit late like are you serious that is so funny they just created this environment that we're not usually in like they put us in a house with food in it we're models we don't usually eat and then we had all this free food and we're like what what is this <laughs> and, and so was there any drama or no yes there was everyone hated me <laughs> they hated you yeah um after about the first week everyone, Ever, was it everyone or other people hated each other um, or just you <laughs> no i was just basically the common denominator yeah um i mean people didn't like you were the group you were the group biatch yeah no <laughs> <laughs> i was i was the lovely person who everyone loved to hate everyone loved to hate because yes. you were too nice yeah okay because i got on with everyone else except for the girls okay yeah so uh, but was there drama among other like were the producers creating drama for a reality series or did you just feel like there was drama because you guys were locked in this house i feel like there was drama because 13 girls were locked in a house and they were all (laughs) insecure (laughs) and one girl she hated me she was she was about four years older than me so she was quite a lot older than me i guess it was one of the younger girls though and like she hated life she didn't want to be there because she had her two kids at home and she didn't want to wear this dress because it showed her stretch marks and she yeah like why was she auditioning to be a model if she was so concerned I, about i don't these know things? yeah it was yeah she she was crazy and she hated me 
And then everyone else did too. <laughs> so were any of these girls professional models or trying to be professional models before the show? There were a couple of professional models in there already. Okay. Um, and the girl who actually won it, she came from a very wealthy family. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that at the time, but after the show, I was walking down the street and actually bumped into one of the directors, uh, which was interesting because we got chatting. And she told me that Christabel, who'd won the show, was actually like her goddaughter. And when there was all the embarrassing scenes on, that's why Christabel was never there because she didn't want Christabel to be shown in the light that would portray her badly. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's actually usually the case. I, you know, you, th- you think, you'd like to think, you know, maybe I'm naive when I moved out here. That, you know, if you just work hard and you're really funny for me as a comedian and you work really hard and you're going to, you know, have all these doors open for you and and you just show people that you work hard. But, you know, some of the comedians that have made it, you know, lo and behold, I'll find out, oh, this person's dad is a producer or this person's like cousin is, you know, an executive at this and this and this. And you start finding out these things that that a lot of people like to keep very hidden because they don't want people to know that they're getting things just because of connections. But, you know... And it's just crazy because some of the people that I know who have made it have these elaborate lies and stories of, oh, I grew up poor and this and that to try to make it seem like they worked their ways up the ranks. Yet they're coming from these like rich, well-connected families. I'm like, what the hell? So it's definitely interesting to to learn. You know, you kind of like find out, you dig a little deeper and you're like, oh, this person is related to Steven Spielberg. <laughs> you're yeah, like, God damn it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not fair, really. I feel like if you don't have a famous last name, you don't have a trust fund, um, you either... Trust funds are really, really big in LA. Like, this is how you know someone has a trust fund, for those of you, if you're interested, (laughs) um, in Hollywood. So usually when people are tweeting all these activities that they're doing, all these things that they're doing, um, or whatever, and then you ask them if they have a day job, and they... Don't say, no, I'm making money just from comedy acting. They start getting really vague. That's when they have a trust fund. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so are you, is, are you making your money full-time doing comedy? Uh, they have a trust fund. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so has the show opened up any doors for you that are just like like you can't believe? Um, well, I did a lot of work after the show, but I kind of feel yes and no. Like The, the show helped a lot with my visa, um, getting a... a Getting a visa for the United States is very, very difficult. So I had a lot of publicity. A lot I thought of that's publications. why you were marrying Yoshi. Uh, <laughs> is, is he legally allowed to be here, though? <laughs> he is. He is. Yoshi. So Yoshi, guys, episode two of Out of the Box podcast, Yoshi Obayashi. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's helped a lot with getting work, which is like a big thing, right? Yes. Yeah, it has. For sure. And um, have you been able to travel anywhere else or travel around? Because, you know, with uh, with modeling, a lot of people travel to do catwalk or runway in other cities in Milan and Paris and things. Or have you not had that lucky chance yet? But you will, right? <laughs> well, I went to Australia for a bit, which I guess isn't that far. Um, <laughs> I did a little bit of Australia and I've done a little bit in America. But um, kind of quite soon after the show, I decided that I didn't really want to do it. Okay. Yeah, so I went to university and um, studied a degree in finance. Okay, the opposite of modeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then um, I ended up coming back over here recently and met some people and really liked it. So um, Now you're back. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this now. You're back, but you have your backup just in case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before yeah. I die and end up like those old people who go and watch Fifty Shades of the Grey. <laughs> I don't want to go in that cinema. Um, no, that's that's good. Actually, Tyra Banks actually tells models, you know, always have your second thing. Not because she doesn't believe in models, but because there's such a high turnover of girls in the industry. Yeah. And also a lot of things are based on looks and age and certain things like that. And so she actually, and obviously she's doing talk show hosting and, and other things, but she actually encourages models to have another thing because it, it just makes you more marketable. If you're a model, you're just a pretty face. You know, who knows in the future, maybe you can do modeling and finance, or you can be one of those girls at MSNBC or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sure. it, it always gives you an additional edge. Um, but I want to talk about some other stuff too. You are a yogi. Yes. Well, I'm not a very good yogi. But <laughs> <laughs> I can't like put my knees over my head or anything. <laughs> But I do enjoy yoga. Well, a yogi that can't put her legs over her head is just an early stage yogi. 
Teeny weeny. And you went on this really cool silent retreat. And I haven't been on one myself. But my brother-in-law has been. And he told me a little bit about it. But I haven't had him on the podcast. So let's. Uh, what was your experience with that? And first of all, what is it called? Okay. So um, the course that I did was a 10-day silent course retreat called The Passioner. Mm-hmm. So it's 10 days of silence. That means there's no phones. Um, no phones, no reading, no writing. Um, it's all vegetarian meals complete sex segregation between the sexes so are you vegetarian um yeah i have been vegetarian before so it wasn't an issue um but yeah it was 10 days of 4 a.m wake up 9 p.m going to sleep and just meditation all day did you do yoga or just meditation it was just meditation there was no exercise exercise was not allowed was was this an exercise a mental exercise in calming your your mind yes it was completely to calm your mind without outside influences and just to realize it was really a body observation to kind of realize your thoughts obviously when you're sitting there thinking do they give you any direction on how to let go of those negative thoughts or is it just you like you and your thoughts it's just you yeah so they do say you know let the if a thought comes into your mind then obviously let it come in, but don't dwell on it. So just be aware of how your body's reacting and then just let it go. Don't don't continue the thought. So if something comes into your mind about a situation, don't go and then this happened and then that happened and keep going down the thought. You just kind of let it pass through. Yeah, because I think a lot of people in our society, I meditate um, and so does my husband and we've been meditating for a while. And I have this issue. I also actually... Um, had a meditation teacher on the show and she talked about how normal this is it a lot of us are addicted to our thoughts and our manic thinking yeah it's um yeah so the meditation that they taught was really not to follow that thought through not to let to it, practice letting it go yeah, right? just to practice letting it go to kind of observe from a outside perspective be like okay that's happened how am I feeling right now how is my body reacting like is my is my breath getting you know faster or slower <laughs> or you know is has my whole body kind of like crunched up and am I feeling really tired it's just to let it go and to be aware of how you feel when those thoughts come into your mind so if you know someone upsets you on the street or something you can realize how your body's feeling because everything comes from how you feel I guess does that make sense yes that makes total sense yeah all, all of all of the stories that we create in our mind, you are learning to let them go and learn the bo- the mind body connection. It's it's not it's learning to not react. Yes, it, that's what it's about. It's if something happens in your mind, it's not reacting to that by getting upset by crying. If something, by going on and on with those thoughts yes. more and more and more. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. something happens on the street, you can become aware because you've meditated what's happening like you can your body's getting tense you're getting upset and you can have more control over your mind body connection instead of just reacting to the situation being like fuck you for like pulling out in front of me you know (laughs) and like screaming at that person who probably didn't even see you you can just kind of just let it go (laughs) or maybe they did see you and they're a jerk and that has nothing to do with you that's their baggage and their nastiness and you can learn to let that go too yeah, because, I mean, they're going to drive off because they're a jerk and they're not going to care, but you're probably going to be upset about that for the next 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. So instead of being 10 minutes, have it be a second and let yeah. it go. Yeah. yeah. Maybe just honk the, horn at, honk the horn at them and give them the finger and maybe scream <laughs> once and then you'll feel better because I still do that. <laughs> this girl nearly hit me the other day when I was crossing the road. That's very normal in LA, dear. Oh, I, I had my tacos in one hand. And I just spent $10 on them, so I wasn't going to throw them at her. But I did have a bunch of chips on the other hand, and I did throw them at her. <laughs> and scream all these lovely words. <laughs> so sorry. Even, I don't care. You nearly hit me. So even though you do these meditations, it's still a practice. <laughs> I'm human, buddy. <laughs> we see that. Um, did you guys feel... First of all, were you sitting in a room every day with the same people, or was it just go and meditate wherever... No, so it had to be meditation inside. Um, where, where was the retreat center? Do you mind? It was in New Zealand. Okay. Um, they, the Passion of the it's um, international practice. They have, if you look it up on the website, you know, they have retreats all around the world 
We'll, we'll write down the website and we'll have it listed on outoftheboxpodcast.com next to Hosanna's information. So if you're interested in doing a silent retreat, we'll have that information on there for you. Or if you're interested in buying me a phone, a place to live, <laughs> and a car. That's right. I need a car. Awesome and a car. Um, so did you, even though you weren't allowed to talk to other people. And you weren't you, even allowed to look at them. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. Were, was there any type of telepath, telepathic or because sometimes you can read someone and without talking to them, but you're saying you couldn't even look at them. No, you weren't allowed to look them in the eye. You weren't allowed to run or anything like that. And there wasn't any times of awkwardness where people you felt like wanted to laugh or wanted to, or was that in the beginning? That's probably on the first day. Did yeah. you feel like you wanted to say something? Yeah. Well, it's kind of awkward when you're standing there and you see someone walking to the door behind you and, you know, they're holding it open for you, but they're not allowed to look at you, but they're aware of your presence and you want to go, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> on the very first day when I got out of my room and I walked out, because it was all individual rooms, but they're all beside each other looking yeah. onto this bush sitting. It was beautiful. I wanted to be like, morning. (laughs) That would be inappropriate. (laughs) Could you say morning with your energy and not look at people? No. (laughs) You couldn't just like this? No. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys couldn't see what I did, but I just said morning without saying good morning. (laughs) Well, they weren't about, they they shouldn't be looking at you. Well, okay. So pretend I'm not looking at you and I'm just like. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't even do that. No. Okay. It was supposed to be all about your mind. So did you find that over the 10 days that your mind got calmer? Did you feel the first few days that you were kind of manic thinking? Absolutely. There was this guy that I could not stop thinking about. Was it a lover or just a random guy? It was someone that I wanted to make a lover. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that I'd been hanging out with. And now I had like 18 hours of meditation just thinking about him. Yeah. It was a long time. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, as the days went on, um, I guess your thoughts started to change and you're very, you know, be, you can. So how did your thoughts change over the, the time from thinking about a hot guy to what did they more, what did they transform into? Well, I feel like when I first went in, I'd been hanging out with the sky a lot. So my first thoughts were things that had immediately happened, like mm-hmm. hanging out with the sky, what was going on, thinking yeah. about him. Yeah. New Year's kind of just shallow thoughts being like, oh yeah, it'd be nice if I could kiss him right now. <laughs> What am I doing here when I could be, you know, doing something else? Um, And then you kind of started to think, like, after a while, like, you have patterns with your thoughts and then... So what were your patterns? (laughs) Are you... Or is it too personal? (laughs) Um, What were my patterns? I guess I started to think about this guy a lot and then I'd think about other people and then I'd realize it wasn't really about a guy. It was about, I guess, wanting more than just, like, one person. Okay. I guess like a deeper relationship. But then, and also, I don't know, you'd just, you'd start to think about things that happened in your past as well, which was really interesting. Um, and after a while, you would develop different patterns, like things, I guess, that were missing in your life. Okay. That's very that, profound. Yeah. And then you can work on them later. So, what, t- so, you know, if you don't feel comfortable saying your personal mm. ones, so what types of patterns? Well, um, there was one girl who, like, because on the, on the ninth day after lunch, we were allowed to talk to the rest of the people. Okay. Which was quite nice because they were like, okay, so if we just let you guys go into the big bad world, you haven't spoken to anyone for 10 days and it's going to be weird. <laughs> they're like, you'll probably end up like in a mental institute. So. <laughs> okay. You can talk to the person beside you. <laughs> And then did it feel like almost a catharsis, like a vomiting of info or it was just yeah, pretty chill? Yeah, it, it was crazy. Um, I had to leave for a bit because everyone just wouldn't shut up. But there was this one girl and she actually realized that she was a lesbian. Okay. Because mm. of the thoughts that were coming up that she had been maybe repressing by, by talking to others or avoiding by being with herself, right? Exactly. Yeah. So she realized that the thoughts that she was thinking, maybe she before she went and she was like, I just, you know, I was always attracted to girls and I, you know, I liked girls, but I didn't think that that made me a lesbian. And then I think after like three or four days of just thinking about her desire for women, she's like, I think I'm a lesbian. Yeah. So like (laughs) after four days of her just not being able to stop thinking about girls, she actually realized that she was actually, it wasn't just a attraction or just a 
a fleeting thing, a fleeting right? thing. She yeah. actually really liked woman. So do you think that all of the distractions that we have in our societies, cell phones, computer, internet, you know, Twitter, TV, they're actually distracting us from an inner voice that is maybe trying to tell us something about ourselves. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people who took the retreat got a lot of epiphany type things out of it. Absolutely. I know that if there's something that I don't want to do or, you know, you, you, even if you're sitting there doing your homework as a child, like doing your homework or, you know, you've got to get something done. You'll go and turn on the television because you just don't want to deal with that right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what you do. You find a distraction. You ring up your girlfriend. Hey, let's go watch Fifty Shades of Grey. Hey, let's go. <laughs> let's go out for ice cream. Oh, my God. My dog needs to go for a walk. I totally need to do that right now. And, you know. It's and, a way to avoid, right? Yeah. You repress mental things and physical urgent things by doing something else because you just don't want to deal with it. So it sounds like you got a lot of value from this. Yeah, I did, for did, sure. What was your epiphany moment? Um, I guess probably realizing that I actually just wanted to love someone. Oh, that's very, very, very sweet. I know. Did you feel, you because you, you realized it wasn't about this guy, but the pattern that was coming up was a desire for love, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that what you're saying is something that all of us feel inside, and it's something that's very repressed, is that we all have this yearning and desire to fit in, to feel loved, to express ourselves, to feel heard. And so many people um, don't get that when they're little, maybe. And so they do repress it but or ignore mm. it Definitely. by avoiding and by going to do other things. And this is a basic, deep, deep human need to feel loved and give love. And so it sounds like you just tapped into the very essence of who you are as a person and what, who we all are. I'm just such a loving person. <laughs> you are. You are a loving person because, you know, you, like you said, your initial urge when you weren't allowed to talk was just to say good morning and to say thank you and 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 to be yourself your energy your light energy which is the joy that's inside you and i think that's that's something that we all have inside and so many of us have this negative baggage from the past that actually blocks that and and you know it can be come off as as an adult as sarcasm that's a big one <clears throat> sarcasm mm -hmm. and joking i joke around in a very positive light and i've said this before is that before I started to do the work, which is what I, you know, the transformational self-development, personal development work. I, I was, I would joke around, but it came from a very sad, dark place. And you can see that with a lot of comedians where they're very sarcastic or they're very negative where they're joking. And my husband was like that when we first met. And after I started to heal myself through, you know, various, you know, going to a therapist and other taking classes and, and reading some of these books and doing the personal development work, I realized that it you know, that I didn't need that darkness anymore. And I joke around quite a bit now still as much, but it comes from such a place of joy and love and it's different. And I think it's more natural. And that's how children are. You know, a lot of people say, oh, children are so mean. They're so catty. They can be so catty. Older children, and that's a learned behavior from their parents and from society. Yeah. But young children are very, very loving, very loving. Children under five, always. All the children I've met under five are always like, oh my God, I love you, Aunt Rosie. I love you, you know, whatever. They're so loving and they're just a big heart. Yeah, that Be is so true. Because they haven't been corrupted by society and cultural conditioning. Kids get really mean around, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13. And then, of course, in adolescence, children can be very, very mean and catty and judgmental and critical. But I think what you're talking about that you just want to be loved or you just want to give love, that's like a very real and, and human thing. And that's amazing that that's what you got. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and if you want to give love too, um, oh my god, Rosie's gonna put my details up. <laughs> Car, phone, and someone. Else. Hey, those are shallow <laughs> thoughts. You're in your survival mode. <laughs> and my wishes will be coming up on Amazon very soon. <laughs> so spread the love. No, but what Rosie's saying is very true. I hope you listen to it because that was a gem, and you need to live by that. Um. So you're, you're in this retreat. You guys are finally talking on the ninth day. Mm -hmm. um, was there any time during that, for obviously day one and two, you said we're a struggle, day two through nine, were you just going crazy or what, what was your experience? I think I'm doing a lot of, because I didn't do any meditation before this. Oh, wow. You're yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you are crazy. Yeah. So you just bit. jumped right in. Yes. Yeah, and so just being quiet for 10 days, you've never met, not even for five minutes before. Well, my friend um, who actually, Russell Simmons, he does a whole lot of meditation. I used to hang out with him a little bit um, before I went back to New Zealand. 
and he'd be like, here's my meditation book. Like, it's great. Read it. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And he, I and you throw it in the backseat of the car and run over it. <laughs> well, no, I still have it, and I am, I am going to read it. Oh no, Definitely. you still haven't read it. <laughs> I've been busy. You're like, I lived it for ten days. <laughs> I know. No, but I, I meditated with him twice, and I'm like, this is amazing. But I'm not going to be able to be alone with my thoughts. I, I couldn't, okay, I kind of think you're lying because the first few times I meditated, I went crazy. I was like, this is horrible. No, yeah, exactly. I okay. went crazy. Because <laughs> when you're like, this is amazing, I'm like, you didn't do the right meditation because usually it's like not good. It was amazing when I finished. Okay. And <laughs> it's only, pretty awful the first few times. Yeah. And the reason I didn't be like, I'm walking away is because I was like there meditating with someone else and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a quitter. Like, I've got to like, you know make a good impression <laughs> so the first few times meditate so for those of you who have never meditated you can listen horrible you can listen to sarah taylor who was also on the podcast i don't remember what episode she is she's a meditation teacher and she teaches on that episode of out of the box podcast a basic meditation she also has a ted talk on meditation but meditating the first few times kind of sucks because as hosanna talked about our minds are really busy mm. and when you try to silence yourself all that shit that you've been avoiding by texting constantly and tweeting and going and zoning out to Walking Dead, they come like shooting up. Mm. And they're like, thought, 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 thought. And all that stuff that you that you should have handled like 20 years ago. But you thought it'd be better to go to McDonald's and flurry instead. Exactly. Or take your dog for a walk or go see Fifty Shades of Grey. All that crap that you've been pushing and pushing and pushing down under, it has to come back up eventually. So when you're quiet and you meditate for the first few times, you know, people have a stereotype of meditation like there's a zen and you're sitting there in quiet and you look all peaceful no a lot of evil shit comes out of your brain yeah they're not sitting there happy happy joy joy they're like it's like mean stuff they're gonna go to a mental institute very soon (laughs) it's torture it's torture so i'm like okay i enjoyed it when i finished meditating but i hated I hated the entire process of with Russell right yeah not because he was a he's a great guy no he's a great guy I just that he's actually the only reason I stayed meditating for 20 (laughs) minutes 20 minutes for your first time that's pretty intense you're supposed to start off with five minutes I think yeah well we didn't do that (laughs) (laughs) he's like this is great this is what I do you need to meditate and I'm like yeah sure like okay (laughs) and you were probably had all these manic thoughts and your thoughts about your manic thoughts and then your thoughts about whether you're meditating correctly and then your thoughts about judging yourself for meditating yeah and then I'm like my legs itchy like am I allowed to scratch my leg like is this kosher (laughs) But um, yeah, so I thought, you know, I think I do need to meditate and I enjoyed when I finished meditating, but I hated meditating. So I'm going to enroll in this course. It's 10 days. They don't let you leave. You're crazy. Um, So yeah, I'm going to be stuck there. And after 10 days, I would have developed a pattern, know how to meditate, and then I can carry on doing it quite happily. And do you continue meditating to this day? I meditate most days. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't got into a um a set plan just because I've been moving around a bit and then I kind of get distracted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like we said, we just always find something else more important to do. But um no, I have been meditating. So um more often. That that's very very good and it's a very good practice to have because it keep, keeps you centered and it helps you prior it can also help you prioritize. Absolutely. For those of you who are non-meditators and are thinking about doing it because all those thoughts kind of vomit out of your head and then you can kind of see what areas of your life that you kind you kind of need to um work on. And I want to talk about yoga because you are a yogi. Uh, a lot of people who think that they are separate actually yoga is supposed to be preparing your body for meditation so if you do a good yoga class good hour-long yoga class uh, you'll actually get physically and mentally worn down and then your mind will be more open to meditation have you have you tried that meditating after yoga never well you learned something new (laughs) (laughs) so yes yoga is prepares is the practice is the practice of preparing your body for meditation so um that's why they at the end at the end of yoga they usually do do they do corpse pose the corpse pose the corpse pose yeah where you're just laying on the ground ah yeah yeah yeah. that's like the mini entryway and then you can you can um one of my favorite meditations that i created um from sarah taylor the meditation teacher i had on the show was a a loving meditation where when i breathe so you can also focus your thoughts after you vomit them out (laughs) and i do a breathing in barf 
<laughs> Barf, breathing in love and light and breathing out negative energy. So that helps me. Yes. Um, so you are friends with Russell Simmons, but you, but not through modeling. No, no. Um, I met Russell through a mutual friend at a mutual friend's birthday. Okay. Yeah. I thought you met him at through yoga for some reason. No, no. Um, I used to go to yoga with him because he lived down the road and I was poor. (laughs) (laughs) And I couldn't afford yoga. (laughs) That's nice. Russell Simmons supporting broke models. (laughs) I guess just used to take the food out of his fridge as well. <laughs> yeah. So if you um wanna maybe give me like a grocery fund as well. <laughs> I'll put that on my Amazon wish list. You're she'll not gonna wrap them in there. She'll put it on her wish list. Um so have you been working since you moved to LA? Have you been trying to find gigs or modeling at all or Yeah, so um I've been to a few castings, um, which is actually why I wasn't able to make it last time. <laughs> Because I didn't have a car and my phone went flat. So I was at a casting in Santa Monica, which was cool. Um, I've also been to a couple of production meetings as well. Good. Um, with All Deaf Digital, which is Russell Simmons' company. And um, yeah, just trying to find somewhere to live still, kind of. Do you find that, um, first of all, did you have any type of culture shock coming to the US or it's pretty similar to New Zealand? Okay, so yesterday I went to Costco. <laughs> okay, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> seriously guys <laughs> like what is going on down there <laughs> because it's so massive and there's so much crap and there's such giant sizes yeah okay, okay. so <laughs> there is there was a movie um i think russell i'm oh, not well harrison ford was on it um it was kind of set in the future and everything was fake and it was like kind of sci-fi i can't remember what it was called but it was weird i felt like i was in a sci-fi movie where i fast forward like a hundred years into the future and nothing is real and everything is fake. And because of the sizes or yeah, what, what was the reason the sizes and because everyone just looks so unhealthy <laughs> and because everything was just so cheap. Like there was a hot dog and a 20 ounce soft drink. I'm sorry, but you do not need 20 ounces of sugar. And I just, I stood in line. And I'm like, Oh my God, like these people are so unhealthy. And my friend who's an American, she was like, Hosanna, you can't say that. And I'm like, well, it's true. Bro, like, where am I? I feel like I've entered like, another world. Just five minutes ago, I was at Venice Beach and everyone was drinking juice and now everyone's like walking around with two hot dogs and a churro <laughs> the size of my arm. So that was your culture shock so far? Yes. <laughs> did, did you say everyone looked so unhealthy or unhappy or both? Unhealthy. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> Do you find that there's there's more unhealthy stuff in the U.S. than in New Zealand? We have a lot of unhealthy stuff in New Zealand. We have a problem with obesity as well. But we also, I guess I find... But it's worse here. <laughs> yeah, it's worse here. And you guys have a lot of corn syrup. So your food actually tastes a lot different to ours, mm-hmm. I think. Better or worse? Or more processed? More processed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and like, everything is so much bigger. Like, you can go by... It's like, buy five chocolate bars because it's cheaper than one <laughs> kind of thing. GMOs, baby, GMOs. Yeah. But um, I'm also, I really like fresh fruit markets as well. So I guess it was a huge shock going to Costco when I just left markets. <laughs> <laughs> did you get lost in there? Yeah. You I did. got real scared too because my phone, well, my phone was, <laughs> it was not working. <laughs> so I'm like, great, I'm going to get stuck in middle of America. And you got you got lost, and your friend just left you there. No, she didn't. I ran around like a crazy person looking for her. Did you buy a cheap pair of like nine dollar, very square stiff jeans? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I did buy um. Well, I was in there, and I got in. I got inspired to go and buy a three day juice cleanse. <laughs> Are you on a cleanse right now? No. <laughs> so you're just drinking the juice cleanse in addition to eating food. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stay awake from the Mexican joints on the side of the road. They just get me every I time. know. You told me you were crossing the street with a bag of tacos in your hand. Mm. <laughs> You're not going to be modeling for long, honey. No, I'm not. <laughs> I know. I need to go for some serious runs. <laughs> if anyone's going to Costco and they want to take me with them, I will come because I need to get some more juice cleans and I'm actually going to do it properly this time. Okay. So you're not going to eat anything else? No. Just the cleanse? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to Costco? I don't. I don't go to Costco. Um, I have nothing against costco except for i do have stuff against costco um 
So Costco actually has very deceptive, uh, um, they trick you, basically. So they make people think that they're a warehouse club and things are cheaper, yet they make you pay um, a fee. $50, to right? Be, to be a member. But in addition to that, um, the amount of large items doesn't equal the savings because you're buying so much and most people actually don't use all of what they're buying. So unless it's like toilet paper, if they're buying some type of food item, unless they have a family of 12, usually half of the food item goes bad. So it's just Mm -hmm. cheaper to buy the regular size, number one, um, unless you're buying something that doesn't go bad, like I said, like toilet paper or, or highly processed foods. In addition to that, they have a deceptive practice. First of all, I know because I I didn't work at Costco, but one of my side jobs when I first moved here was working for a subcontractor of Costco. Also, um, anyone who goes to Costco go, go knows you can never find anything because they actually move all the pallets around once a week so wow. that people have to walk through the whole store um, looking for what they need and they actually end up buying more. And people that shop at Costco dollar for dollar end up spending more than if they went to a regular grocery market because they feel, they feel the need to stock up. Because you're saving. Yeah, because you're quote unquote saving. So um, I heard this from several Costco managers themselves that, oh, people never leave here without spending less than $200. So the average person that goes to Costco spends two or $300 because they think they're saving. Whereas if they just went to the regular supermarket and bought the regular amount of food, they would actually spend less than going to Costco. So Costco's practices, in my opinion, are very, very deceptive. And I don't support that. In addition to that, um, they also um, put a lot of small businesses out of business and uh, in that type of Walmart way. So unfortunately I don't support Costco and the 20 ounce sodas <laughs> and the hot dog that and the hot dog. It said old beef, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, also the sample ladies, it's another scam to get you, um, addicted and hooked in and people get really aggressive with the samples at Costco. Oh my God. People was, get psycho. Yeah. I was standing there and, and it's like these... crap samples. Yeah. <laughs> it was like crazy people. <laughs> I was like, where am I again? Where am I? <laughs> so guys, and, and, and it's funny because people that go to Costco are so um, convinced that they're saving money. But they're not. But they're not saving money. Yeah. It's like even my friend that I went with, she was like, oh my God, these grapes are only $10. And I'm like. Yeah, but Bub. you're trying a, buying a giant thing of grapes. Yeah, you're <laughs> buying a bowl of grapes. And I'm like, and honestly, I went to the fresh fruit markets the other day in Silver Lake. I smiled at the guy who's giving me the strawberries and he gave me a packet of raspberries for free. <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> Just smile and be like, hola. <laughs> So yeah, so for those of you who think you're saving money, you're actually not because you're paying that $50 a year. And in addition to that, you're buying more than you would, unless there are some instances that you are saving money when you are buying for a large community center. If you have a family of 10 or 12, if you have a very large amount of people, but what happens again, like I said, is most people buy the items and then they end up not using it all. So half of it goes to waste. So they should have just bought a regular size item. Yeah. So Costco does not actually save you money. And some of these deceptive tactics that I'm talking about are not things that I made up in my mind. It was actually things that I overheard <laughs> managers saying. It's true. In case people who, because what happens is people become very attached to their belief systems. And so people that think they're saving money are like, no, I'm saving money. You know, and they really, because nobody wants to feel like an idiot, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to say, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm actually overspending for a bunch of crap I don't need. Who's going to admit to that? So a lot of people will attach to those belief systems. But no, this is actually information that I heard from several Costco managers and other people while I was working there as a subcontractor selling pots and pans. <laughs> I do. I do agree with that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I got this cleanse for 20 bucks, which was amazing because I do know that it is usually... Were you buying in bulk though? And it doesn't go bad, right? It will... It does go bad if you don't drink it because so it's drink it all. Yeah, you better yeah. cleanse out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like I know that if I had got this cleanse, you know, at Whole Foods, I, at Whole Foods, it would have cost me probably like ninety bucks. But at the same time, I don't have a fifty dollar card that I have to spend, and I don't keep going back there. So for me, it was a steal. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, a couple more things. So, have you talked to any of the top model alums that you were in the house with, or, or did you not even add them on Facebook? You're like, screw these bitches. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, screw these bitches. <laughs> it is, motherfucker. <laughs> Are they doing subsequent seasons? You were in the first season, right? Pardon? You were in the first season? Yeah, they did um, seasons afterwards. I Actually, my sister's friend ended up on the second season. 
really goes like a childhood friend from from the same town yeah her childhood (laughs) friend um she's cool she's like i hated it (laughs) (laughs) they're just mining models in new zealand man Mm. and who is the host of that that series sarah tetra i don't know who that is she um she's quite big in new zealand new zealand fashion she owns one of the biggest fashion companies down there Okay. Did you find that it was, it's easier to make it in a small market? Like you felt like it, because there's less entertainment down in New Zealand. No, it's harder. It, oh, really? Yeah. It's definitely harder because people are very It's clicky. more competitive, right? Uh, people are very clicky. So if they okay. don't like you, they just don't like you. Um, if they see you on the show and they're like, oh my God, she's that girl of top model. We're not even going to look at her because she was the girl of top model. Um, if you're going for something, like I said, and Christabel, who won the series that I was in, she comes from like a wealthy wealthy family like they're extremely wealthy and you know her mum was like best mates with the judge they're gonna hire people who are family like you said with you know you thought you could come to LA and people would realize hard work pays off I was very naive because everything in Hollywood actually runs the exact opposite of how things run in reality so (laughs) it's true so in reality you would think more experience and more time and more hard work equals equals you know a payoff but Mm. here it's like the opposite and actually the less experience in Hollywood the better because people in Hollywood love to push the next big thing and overnight success type of mentality so if you've been around the block and they feel like you haven't really blown up yet quote unquote yes obviously there's the 10 years to an overnight success mentality that does exist but a lot of times you know and and I'm you know I'm not talking down on Jennifer Lawrence because I'm a fan of hers but she hadn't really done anything and then she kind of blew up and that's what they like they like that hold on she came out of nowhere because then you can sculpt the person's career versus someone who's you know been working and of course there are those stories you know Christopher Waltz who was in in Glorious Bastards and also um, was in Django Unchained you know he was acting for you know 30-40 years in a regional theater in Germany and then he blew up but that he kind of went around the Hollywood system because he was an actor in Europe yeah he was elsewhere he didn't yeah but I mean that's happening you know to a couple friends of mine I don't want to put their business out there so I'm not going to name who they are but they've had pretty big followings either outside of the states or internationally and Hollywood kind of doesn't want to let them in because there's the system quote-unquote here Mm -hmm. and you have to do it that way so that's not fun um so what are you up to next well um I have to put together a reel for a production company um are you going into acting or you want to be a personality or what's your um, acting okay yeah acting what I want to do so um I was pretty lucky you know I got introduced to Russell Simmons through a friend who um is quite a big director so yeah I <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty stoked to um be able to have so many connections basically as soon as I arrived in LA but I still have to work really hard and give them good stuff because they're like oh that's great oh, like she's just really shit <laughs> um, so I've got to work really hard I've got to work on my accent I've got to like work on my acting because I know that I can give it to people who are important but if you hand shit to someone who's important then that doesn't really matter right yeah yeah <laughs> like oh that's great you're a great girl we love you as a friend but you can't act <laughs> so I'm very worried <laughs> they're like send us stuff and i'm like um can you just give me like a week (laughs) not ideal but also not ideal to send out shit as well so hopefully the meditation retreat that you went on will be helping you with some of these hollywood manic thoughts that will be coming up very soon oh it has um (laughs) i i almost nearly developed a stutter when before I went into it because I get so nervous sometimes like people will just stand over you and just judge you and sometimes I walked out of the meditation retreat I actually didn't care what people thought and I stopped stuttering and I stopped going so you had a stutter I think I was starting to develop one because I get real nervous people would just bomb me with questions and I didn't know what to say (laughs) and I'd be like um 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 now I'm just like no go away (laughs) I don't like you and I think it's no I think it's helped because obviously I have to catch a train in the bus and I used to get creeped on all the time oh yeah it's disgusting and now that I've come back it's like I just shoot them a stare and no one comes near me <laughs> people like smile and say hello and I just look at them and walk off and it's it's brilliant I'm pretty sure it's a meditation <laughs> like don't Med- fuck with meditation me. learning how to how to give the bitch stare yeah it's Are channeling you, you're, that you're sure that's not an LA thing <laughs> no <laughs> 
when I was in LA last, it was terrible. <laughs> well, because I think you were you were giving that love and light energy, mm. probably, which you because you're very bubbly, and and a lot of men mistake that for flirtation. Yeah, no, I only give the love and light to people I like now. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Protect yourself. Um, <laughs> so how can people find you on Twitter? How can they follow you on Instagram? How can they get your wish list? Yes. Okay. So my wish list is coming up soon. Um, and you'll have a link to it on your Twitter? Absolutely. I'll link that to my Twitter and also link that to my Instagram. My Instagram is Hosanna Horsefall. Uh, Hosanna, H-O-S-A-N-N-A. Horsefall, H-O-R-S-F-A-L-L. Were your... Um, were your great great grandparents um, equestrians? Uh, they're probably real terrible. Obviously, they're falling off horses. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably like the stable hands. And that's my Twitter as well Hosanna Horsefall, H O S A N N A H O R S F A L L. And I will have links to all of her Twitter and Instagram on outoftheboxpodcast.com. And in addition to that, I will also be linking to her through my Twitter. So, guys, check that out i'm at funny rosie and guys don't forget to visit our sponsor hugmeteas.com spread love give a hug hug me tease guys if you are single and you want a girl to hug you go on hug me tease and get one of those hug me t-shirts part of the proceeds go to benefit charities and actually they work very very well because i wear them all the time and i get hugs from tons of people <laughs> so if you're single and you're looking this is what happens people will walk up to you and they'll be like I know you want to, oh hug me okay okay and they'll hug you a couple people will not be so friendly and you might want to cross your arms over the shirt if you see creeps walking by but in general <laughs> you will get a lot of positive hugs so visit our sponsor hugmetees.com guys we are on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash out of the box podcast click on the follow button our listenership has been going up and I want to thank everyone who's been sharing the links and retweeting and tweeting. I've been getting a lot of retweets lately and I really appreciate it, but we would love more followers on SoundCloud. So click on the follow button. And as always on outoftheboxpodcast.com, we have a donate button. We are now accepting Litecoins and Bitcoins and all alternative currency. Guys, Stitcher, iTunes, you know what to do. Leave a positive comment. We love positive comments and I will keep nagging you guys until I get more of them. So go on there and also, as always, click on subscribe. It doesn't hurt you to click on subscribe if you're listening anyways and you'll get the podcast automatically download, downloaded to your iTunes and you can put it on your phone or your iPad and listen on the go if you're stuck in traffic. It's so fun. This has been Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. Rosie Tran. 